Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 149 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, but not right now. Just you wait. To meet the people that make theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release podcasts. But you can also download and listen to all our back catalog if you visit the Broadway Podcast Network, which I urge you to do. There are so many great podcasts on there. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers out there around the globe. And now for this week's episode. Matt Humphrey joins me, and um, and since Matt Humphrey and I produced a separate piece, which was our first remote lead play way back in May, remember May? Since producing that wonderful play, we've been asked to consult on a number of projects for the virtual realm. And when we got a call from the Unicorn Theater to take part in an R&D week to take its hit play, I Senna the Poet, and put it online, we jumped at the chance. It was a fascinating experience to see just what could be achieved on the Zoom platform, and it's safe to say that today's guest, lighting and video designer Will Monks, absolutely pushed the boundaries of what could be done remotely. It was incredible what he achieved. It was a brilliant week, and it was so successful that they are now putting the show on and have already extended their run after the initial dates sold out extremely quickly. Matt and I had a set of questions to ask Will in this podcast, but in true conversation style, we just we just talked about whatever came up about uh, iCinna, the experience, and and other things, and how you kind of are using technology to take theater um, into the digital world and making sure that theater continues to exist. It was a, a great conversation. I hope you agree with me. Have a listen. It was kind of this weird crossover, weird little niche crossover between theatre and technology that, as you probably have experienced, not many people actually fall into that niche. Uh, yeah, um, um, I've, I've felt so lucky that um, I just happened to be developing, I guess, like like you guys with this, 
I just happen to be developing a load of the skills that are suddenly the things that everyone needs right now. It's, uh, uh, yeah. How did, you, how did you get into that then? Um, how did I get into that? Um, I mean, I've been a lighting designer for a while now, and I guess just videos and a natural extension of that. Um, uh, you know, projectors are basically just fan- very fancy lights, aren't they? Um, mm. And so, uh, yeah, just kind of natural. You're working, yeah, exactly working on um, creating strong visual images and uh, trying to do some storytelling with all of that. And it makes sense that video fits into that world. Um, and then, you know, all that technology transfers directly to uh, to what we're doing now with all the digital stuff or one strand of what we're doing now, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So does that kind of, that layering that you were doing within ISIN, mm. um, is that something that is common practice or something that you've kind of developed yourself? Um, so that, I mean, all of it kind of I've developed myself. Uh, we're really lucky that, uh, you know, streaming is such a big thing. You've got all these people on Twitch helping each other work all that out. And you've got, um, uh, I don't know, like motion graphic designers and stuff all helping each other out each other out so there were all these techniques floating about and so i guess um and just with with Senna just assembled all of that mm. um it wasn't particularly new but i mean it's um it, it's kind of new the way that it's being used i think i haven't seen much else like it no i haven't seen much like it either and that's and that's why it, it was really nice to see a really innovative and different use of video with, within the confines of a Zoom uh, um, webinar, which everybody is used to now, but actually um, how you can kind of manipulate it and how you can kind of make it look like it's not just a video call is really interesting to us. And that's why we wanted to chat with you, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something that's really, really exciting. Um, yeah, exploring the whole new world. Because uh, also the things that we're missing from theatre now is that it's so uh, like immediate and present and reactive and you're like, you're there in the room and video, I mean, video calls actually I quite like because it does feel like you're talking to a real person, but um, performance over Zoom is something that we're still kind of getting our heads around, isn't it? Yeah. yeah interesting. So actually, like a lot of people during lockdown, Will, you're kind of developing a whole new skill set, mm. which you didn't realize was kind of possible and I guess this um let you know this world of working remotely has forced quite a lot of us to really look at what we can do with the technology that's already out there and that's quite exciting it's really exciting yeah um uh, yeah right at the start of lockdown I I think it was five months of work I lost in three days and I was like oh my gosh like my entire way of being is going to change now um but uh, but I was yeah exactly already looking at those kind of technologies and uh, how we can use them in innovative ways. So uh, I mean it, obviously it's not uh, not a great situation we're in, uh, but it has been really really exciting to yeah exactly look at common technologies and how we can use them and subvert them and build on them. Um, and it was quite good you know being unemployed because then I just got to spend a couple of weeks uh, working out how to do it all and I didn't have you know uh, coding. I've been trying to learn coding for quite a while. Um, but it's always on the bottom of its to do list because I'm always like, oh no, but I've got a tech week next week, so I need to prep for that or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, being unemployed, I've managed to exactly learn le- learn a whole set of new skills. Um, but yeah, I mean, how about you guys? Have you been uh, doing the same kind of skilling up, or have you been able to 
<laughs> I like, think that yeah, you could you could yeah, play that definitely. Yeah. I think that when the when it started, like right, we found ourselves at the beginning. Um, I will speak for myself here, Matt, but I I think it, I've had this conversation with you before. I had a moment where I was like a woe is me moment, and then it didn't last very long. It was I think the same mindset as you. I thought, okay, what can we do? And I know Matt is like that anyway. That's in his character. It's solving problems and taking another step forward, the next right decision. And that was when we did the remote read. It was, mm. we knew that we had to do something. We had to create something. We had to prove that work was still able to be done. We had to prove that people still wanted to work and they were eager to work and that they were willing to develop new proficiencies to make sure that they could tell a story in a virtual space. Yeah, right. I mean, that's something that's uh, obviously, again, it's really rubbish in this situation, but it's really exciting seeing all these people turn their skills to exactly activism and to change into um, to the new situation. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been really cool. There's also something on the flip side of, for instance, uh, People Powered is this organization that's like, we're theater makers with all these skills of creating temporary venues and uh, sewing and uh, event management and all this stuff. How can we help uh, in this situation? So flipping it on its head of saying like, um, you know, here are a bunch of trained electricians who helped build the Nightingale Hospital, for instance, um, that I found, yeah, yeah, really exciting. Interesting. It, it really is. I think it's just, it's forced a lot of people to really think outside the box. Mm. And I, re I remember quite early on in this whole lockdown process, somebody mentioning to me um, how a lot of the most innovative companies and innovative ideas and kind of groundbreaking invention have always come out of these periods of um, kind of lockdown, isolation, devastation, mm. pandemics, um, because the, the, the norm is completely unsettled and broken and kind of ripped apart. And so you have to desperately analyze the world around you and go, okay, the world's changing. How can I change? What can I do? Um, and to go back to, you know, John's point and your question about, you know, what we've been up to, that was, that was really at the forefront of why we wanted to explore this, this whole new world mm. of, of digital theater, because at the time I say at the time, it was less than two <laughs> yeah. months ago, but it feels like <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> But at the time, it felt really pioneering to be mm. to be saying to people, "Yeah, we're we're putting on a live theatre show um, on the internet, and we're going to sell tickets to it, and people are going to come and watch it at, as a one-off experience." I mean, a lot of people are doing that mm. now, which is brilliant. Mm. But and it, and it's really interesting to kind of see just how quickly that has taken off as an idea, um, and also how how it's being kind of adapted along the way as well yeah right and also one of the things that's exciting about it is so many people are doing it and so many people you know have a laptop that they sit at and tip it up away at and so they're discovering new things and so you've got this great kind of crowdsourcing of ideas um that's yeah really informing um forming the practice i guess i think that's how the you know the, the crowdsourcing or open sourcing of any job that's when things develop very quickly 
when people mm. can see that, oh, it can be done. And, you know, people have reached out to Matt and I and said, how did you do this? And we said, well, there's many answers to that question <laughs> as you got, but it's what you want to do. And, and um, it's the why you're doing it. Then you kind of get into the, to the how. Uh, mm. And when, for, for let's let's take Isena because Isena is a fantastic piece that at the Unicorn that went on in January. Was that correct? Uh, yeah, and we uh, so we indeed it then, and then we're uh, putting it out to the public next next week. I think we open on next the tenth of July. That's right. Yeah, and you know, as a one person show, uh, there were a lot of video elements on stage, a lot of sound elements, a lot of audience interaction. Now, you go into that. In, at the beginning of lockdown, I think, well, how are we going to get people into to interact with um, Tim Crouch, who is the writer and the performer? Um, and it is using a Zoom webinar. Um, but who would have thought of that? As Matt says, back you know, back then, back then, this was a business video conferencing tool for people mm. at Microsoft, basically, and and you guys did an R and D, and you you've planned. You kind of worked methodically to find the best way to tell this story on this service. And I think, and Matt, I think you'll agree, is that they've done an incredible job. But how how were those early conversations about what can we do to make this more theatrical on a Zoom webinar? Um, those conversations, I mean, they were really interesting. You talk about the, like, the why, the what, and the how. And actually, I'd already spent quite a long time working out the how of a lot of situations that I anticipated coming up. So when we were like, um, guys, would it be best to do this? Then we weren't thinking of the how. We were thinking of uh, the what and the why. And so that was really useful to be able to kind of discount, you know, the nuts and bolts of the process uh, and say, cool, actually, we have all of these possibilities. Let's pick and choose. And one of the most interesting things actually was when you're in a room and you're like kind of tossing ideas between you and whatever, then it's um, the nature of that conversation, uh, or I certainly found was very different to a Zoom conversation where there's this kind of like etiquette and protocol about, um, you know, people's turns to speak and you don't really speak at the same time and all that stuff. Uh, and all of your conversation happens as one big group where it's in a rehearsal room, then often like you'll just say to the person next to you, blah, 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 or, um, uh, you know, someone goes out for a cup of tea quite often. Uh, and so it's, uh, slightly more piecemeal, whereas with Zoom, like you say, it was um, uh, the entire company sitting down and saying uh, what moment, what choices are best for these particular moments. Uh, what are we going to do here? Uh, so, yeah, I guess that was something that was pretty interesting. That's, that's a really good point, actually, that the way that conversation happens and the way that collaboration happens dependent on the situation or the room or the environment or the physical space that that collaboration is happening in. I'd never really thought of it that way, but I guess there is a democratization of using a video conferencing platform like Zoom, whereby you do kind of, unless you're going to be really rude, you do kind of listen to people mm-hmm. and not talk over the top mm-hmm. of each other, but you also can't really have your separate private conversations that nobody else can hear. So Actually, everybody has a voice um, and ideas get shared and talked about a lot quicker. Uh, And certainly something that we found in our production, I'm sure you guys also found this, was that each conversation and I guess each session that you're having 
is at the same time a creative conversation as it is a technical conversation. Yeah, right. Um, it, I mean, I find that a lot of my practice uh, before this was I had like technical thoughts in the back of my head at the same time, and often they'd kind of get discussed. Um, because you, it's about resources as well, isn't it? Of like, um, oh, cool, this is a great idea, but actually for that moment to work, then it means that this other moment has to be done in a certain way or whatever. And uh, I find that a lot of, especially the more technical stuff I do, um, all things that with fewer resources is all about that kind of management of resources and um, the pieces of the puzzle, putting it all together. It's a fascinating, um, such a good point about the, the democratization when you can't you can't pull yourself away i i found when we did the remote read uh, it was it was not as involved technically but we were trying to figure out we were redefining roles and there were moments where people pitched in i think to, they kind of got out of the way of their own i own this space is that right matt and kind of had things to offer up and say what about this and it really did level yeah. that field a bit. Mm. It's quite, I'd say it's quite important during that process also to, to kind of set the scene and allow that to happen because it's not a, a traditional, shall we say, rehearsal room where there's certain kind of hierarchies in place or power structures or balances, or whatever, but it is actually a very open communal space to, to work with other people. Um, how did you find that whole creative process when you're doing it um, not in person but only through video conferencing? Uh, it was really interesting, actually. Sometimes what I'll find when I'm because it was like, like it was like being in tech rehearsal for the entire process because you know I'd be tippy tapping away um, at the same time as chatting. And one of the big things that I found and really appreciated was that I could tippy tap away on the same machine that I was using to communicate with people. So it was this all incredibly seamless for me. Uh, normally, I'm, I've like got a head on when I'm trying to either talk to a programmer or program the lighting desk uh, at the same time as have a conversation with the director or whatever. Um, but for this, it was really good because it was just, yeah, democratized, I guess is a really good word of uh, all of the way that you're talking to people is the same way that you're making the stuff. And so uh, in, on one side, it was kind of, there was a vulnerability about you could everything that you did could be seen quite immediately. Uh, at mm. the same time, it was really nice to, I don't know, involve everyone in that process and be able to have a big, a big conversation about all of the things that were going on as they happened. So we joined you for the R and D week, which was back in June. Mm -hmm. and now, presumably, you're in production or technical rehearsals. What? Um, how, how's it all going? Has it? Yeah, it's going quite well. There were a couple of moments that we want to revisit, but I mean, by and large, we're just really happy with how it uh, how it ends up for the R and D process. Um, so, I mean, technically, a, a lot more of our conversations have been uh, less about the tech. The two uh, two of the conversations that we've had, the big one really is about the kettle, uh, <laughs> and we're like, what kind of kettle needs to be? <laughs> um, but uh, also, the political has changed. And it's quite a political show. And we suddenly realized that perhaps we were saying things that we, uh, just by not changing the content, by the content uh, that we're putting in, are we making statements about mm. um, the political landscape right now? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's one of the bigger conversations we're having, really. It's incredible that each little thing that you can add to it, um, you're almost taking on the role as a director 
at that point. And also Owen with the sound or, you know, anything creatively that you're adding is almost taking on the role of the director and the director's vision because they can't necessarily say put that in at at any one point and you guys are like you say just doing it immediately to say what about this or what about that one one of the really interesting things that i found um working is that uh you get a kind of design by democracy sometimes where everyone pitches in with all of into ideas for all aspects of the play and sometimes it can work and sometimes it can go really horrifically wrong because you've got all of these people who are kind of trying to pay attention to everything that's going on. Uh, and uh, I absolutely, absolutely love when, uh, you know, people take a really active interest in how it's uh, there to make suggestions and say, oh, this made me feel that, or um, what did you think about this moment? It wasn't really doing it for me or whatever. And I think that's fantastic. Um, but one of the things that you can find is that uh, if everyone's kind of pitching in ideas and everyone's saying, uh, actually, I have just as much importance about all of the different aspects, then uh, you get this kind of muddying of uh, of all of the um, disciplines. I think that in this performance, we didn't have that at all. Everyone chatting. I mean, it was just such a such a lovely, beautiful team. Everyone being able to um, sit and discuss. And I guess the thing you were talking about about um, you could make changes immediately meant that you weren't pressed for time at all. That you, someone would throw an idea in, you could change it, and then you could say. Um, oh yeah, this works or this doesn't work or whatever, but not feel as though you have to make a decision right there and then. Anything goes, basically, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think I've probably uh, rambled about that one. No, 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 it's it's a really interesting point, I think. And you, you, as you found during your R&D week, things happen so very quickly um, because you've got a finite amount of time to work through things. And I think there's an immediacy with the technology um, and with the kind of the cultural and design democracy side of it, uh, of that process that allows people to be able to to move quickly on decisions. And that's quite an exciting thing to see and to be a part of. Mm. I mean, I think that that's, I, we're really lucky that kind of there's been this corporate development of, you know, uh, for instance, Dropbox, you chuck everything in a Dropbox and it syncs to all the computers that you're using immediately. And you don't have to like spend time faffing about with, um, uh, yeah, transferring things and emailing and saying, "Have oh, you got the link yet?" or whatever. It uh, it all just happens immediately, and that's you know really thanks to corporate people saying this is something that we need in our in our lives in our practice. And then us as theatre makers going, "Oh, actually, you know what? The arts could use this too." Uh, so I think that it's really lucky that we live in this time where all of those tools are available to everyone in the world. I was. Thinking about your answer, but what I noticed was that we were, when a decision, design decision, or a creative decision was being offered, we're basically seeing that the output of that creative decision immediately as an audience member. So we were watching a screen going, oh, that's how it's going to look on the day. Well, you can't do that in live theater. You can say, well, we can try that. When we get into tech week, we'll have a look. But no, this is, right now, I'm going to put this... On, I'm going to zoom in here, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this text on this side of the screen, and we're watching it in real time. And you can see how it's going to be on the day. That is really liberating and quite freeing, I think. Yeah, that's actually I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, when I think one of the reasons that you find you work with similar people again and again is that you develop a language and you uh, develop this kind of. Uh, when I say, "Oh, it's going to be edgier," then suddenly the director knows what that means. 
uh, and I don't have to say, oh, actually, I'm going to, you know, uh, use more three-quarter backlight there because, and they can't imagine it or whatever. Uh, and you have this kind of um, way, yeah, common common language and understanding. But actually, this way of working, you don't need that because, like you say, it's literally there and you, you're you not going like, oh, what would this shade of red look? And in my head, I have to imagine what that shade of red would look like on this skin tone. And the director's doing the same. And then we're both coming up with things that we hope are the same so that, you know, in three weeks' time, when it happens, we go, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's what that looks like. We talked about it in success. Uh, you're getting to exactly see effectively that shade of red on that skin tone uh, live in front of you and uh, and build it um, build it live. That's kind of what the process for Ice of the Poet was originally because we had a projector in the room and we had a decent PA uh, and so it was actually like really quite close. Uh, I was you know doing rough cuts of all the video stuff and we were watching it and going, oh cool, that works with that moment. And I go, oh great, and I'd spent another hour making. Uh, you know something with revisions or whatever yeah and i guess this is just the next step in the in the process of that so cool i think it's, it's a really interesting point yeah and i love i love the immediacy of this format and this medium um i wonder how it's gonna develop going forward as we move back into physical theater spaces again and and how we how we can use this to help in precisely the way that you have done which is a kind of r d aspect of it to to develop um ideas from uh you know from from the page into something that's that's a lot more visual straight away i think it could help a lot of productions get off the ground at least i hope it does anyway yeah i mean i guess in a way we're kind of stepping towards that with uh, you know the lights we use now uh very often change color so you can change them like that rather than having to wait for someone to go up a ladder with a piece of gel or whatever Mm. uh Mm. Uh, you can do 3D renders and you can, uh, you know, get reasonably close to looks with just software. So that kind of, um, uh, I don't know, aid to communication is we're already stepping towards. But yeah, I agree that it's really exciting that we're stepping uh, more and more towards it. And we should be able to find a way to do to carry this on post lockdown for sure. So leading question then, what what's next for you what other projects have you got in the pipeline are you working on another digital production or? yeah so i'm working on uh with a company called roustabout um a uh, we're still in the R&D phase we're still kind of like uh dipping our toes in the water but we're trying to find ways to make yeah genuinely live and interactive and exciting uh work that's online uh it's a children's piece uh and we've yeah we did a showing yesterday actually i think and it's definitely got legs, and so we're kind of um, pushing forward with that. Uh, That's really cool. And are you doing video for that as well? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so video and video and system design, I guess. I don't quite know what the role is because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point, isn't it, Matt? Redefining roles. New new job title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always find that slightly a slightly funny thing, anyway, where people are like, uh, "I am a lighting designer," um, or whatever, and it's like. I don't know. It feels as though everything's a bit bigger and blurrier than that. But yeah, particular roles. Uh, video and system design. That's I think that's uh, I think that's the one. In your opinion, Will, are younger audiences more adept to or more open to watching a video virtual piece of theater? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. From my experience, they're definitely more kind of uh, versed in the kind of visual language that's used on screen uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, they 
in my experience, they WhatsApp call each other with videos and Snapchat and things a lot more than you know I do, or I imagine you guys might. Um, and so there's something kind of interesting about making work for an audience that are more versed in, uh, that are like more used to looking at things in this way than you are. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't, uh, you know, um, uh, and yeah, I just, it's really hard to gauge. Mm. I think that that's something that must be quite hard to performer uh, who's uh, working with this kind of medium as well is that you don't have a, the same kind of feedback that you do in real life where you can just have like a little chat afterwards. You have to like ask mm. them to send you an email about it or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, just like the feeling in the room, you just don't get at all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I It's definitely very exciting to be making uh, digital work for kids. They definitely don't seem to have a problem with it. That's uh, that's my experience so far. Cool. So- point that about the the audience interaction as well well because i feel like that's something that ison has done particularly well mm. is to include the audience and really make them feel like they're part of a production which as we all know is is very difficult to do through a camera and a computer uh, yeah right that's um so i've been watching i haven't watched tons of it but you know these uh the national broadcaster show every yeah uh, every week um, there's all of this kind of like archival footage of uh, theatre that's being shown, and it's just not the same, really. You know, it's really good. It's, it is great to watch, but it's, you don't have that feeling of sitting down and there's an immediate thing there in front of you. And yeah, exactly like you say, that's something that we were striving to to recreate is that immediacy and that presence and that uh, uh, yeah, back and forth that bring that back into back into the Zoom. Thank you, Will, for taking some time to talk about your passion, your video, what you're doing now, helping theater stay alive in lockdown. Um, It sounds like you're doing phenomenal work. And I will echo what Matt just said and say, we're looking forward to what you're doing next. Will, where can people find you online? Um, I have a website, willmonkstheater.com, W-I-L-L-M-O-N-K-S, theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E.com. It's my website. Uh, Contact details are on there. Or I have Twitter that is at Will Monks, at W-I-L-M-O-N-K-S, just one L with Twitter. Um, I think those are the best places to find me. I, I don't really do a ton of social media. All good. And we will put uh, links in the show notes to iCenter for sure. But yeah, no, it's been fantastic to talk to you guys. Lovely to chat. Thanks for having me on the, uh, on the podcast. Lighting and video designer, Will Monks. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits to take care of. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curtain Call, all lowercase, all one word. And you can follow me at John Schwab, J-O-H-N-S-E-H-W-A-B. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or even feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I've just mentioned or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Will Monks for coming on today's podcast. You can see all that he's up to by visiting his website, willmonkstheater.com. That is theater with an R-E. Unfortunately, iCinna is a total sellout run, so you're going to have to just try and find someone within your bubble to watch it. Uh, No, seriously, guys, don't break the regulations and recommendations. It just means we stay in lockdown longer. Don't get me started. 
Uh, finally, a big thank you to Sure Microphones for sponsoring this episode. Thanks to you for listening to the Curtain Call Theater podcast. And as lockdown restrictions gradually ease, please stay safe, people. Please continue to wash your hands, wear a frickin' mask, um, and reach out to someone, anyone, and ask them how they're doing. You might just make their day. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.